Good morning, church. Would you stand to your feet?
Baptism Sunday. Can we get a little excited for that? We are so pumped that you are here to celebrate with us today as we have 14 people, I believe, getting baptized today. And so some in this service, some in next service, we're going to be dunking some people. So we're going to be having a lot of fun. It's going to be different. First time in this building. And uh, so if you've been around for a while, it's a different kind of service. And if you knew this is going to be a different kind of service. And with that, if you are new, we would love the chance to connect with you. You can stop by our Welcome Center on the right-hand side on the way out. We'd love to just grab your email and be able to follow up, get to know you, and you can get to know us a little bit better. But uh, there's a lot to celebrate, and we're going to continue with worshiping our God together. Yeah, like Zach, like Zach said, it's going to be a great day. We're going to praise our God together for the next few moments. We're going to just tell him how great he is, because he is good. He is worthy of all things. We're going to sing his name. Come on.
Amen. Hey, what a great day it is. If you're just tuning us, if you're just tuning in with us online, we just want to thank you for being here. Um, just what a great day uh, to get together, to be in the house of the Lord, uh, to witness um, baptisms, to witness outward declarations of inward faiths. And uh, we're going to sing a song that says, My Chains Are Gone. It's probably a song that uh, a lot of us has, have, have sung before, um, even if you don't necessarily come to church a lot. Um, it's probably a song that you might know that you've sung um, at weddings or, or funerals or what have you. Um, but this song, the chorus says, my chains are gone, I've been set free. And uh, yeah, just to witness, witness what we can witness here today, <laughs> chains falling off. And I don't know where you are. I don't know where you are watching from. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what kind of stuff you're struggling with. The frustrations of life, um, the stresses in our, in our world today. I don't know what that looks like for you. But God is calling you. God is calling you today. So we're gonna, we're gonna sing this song. And I encourage you to sing along with us. We're gonna go nuts. Let's sing it together. Sing this with me. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. grace. It was grace that taught my heart to fear. It grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear. The hour I first believed. My chains chains are gone I've been set free my God my Savior has ransomed me and like a flood His mercy reigns unending love amazing
earth. The earth shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine. But God who called me here below will be forever mine. Will be, will be forever. God, we thank you for who you are, Lord, and, and all that you do. You are good. You've blessed us in so many ways. We're grateful in so many ways. Thanks, God, that we get to witness people showing the world that they are believers in you, that you are whom they seek, and that who they live their lives for. Such a joyful morning. Such a joyful morning. Father, would you be with us today? Would you meet us wherever we are, whatever we're going through? Christ, may you be glorified. May you be magnified in our lives. We pray all these things in the matchless name of Jesus. And everyone said together, amen. amen. Praise God. Hey, take the next 30 seconds. Greet each other around you. Send a text to somebody. We'll be back with you in a few seconds. Well, once again, welcome to Baptism Sunday. I want to greet all the kids in the room. I want to greet all the kids in the room. Kids in the room. Baptism Sunday is like family day. Super fun. Those watching online this morning, I want to encourage you to jump in on that chat. Maybe begin with this topic. Share with each other when you were baptized. And uh, kind of see where that goes. 
Uh, my name is Gary Campbell. I'm the lead pastor here at GBC, and we are super excited for this morning. Uh, it's going to be a different kind of morning. As Zach said, I think he said it really well. We're kind of test running a bunch of stuff, right? We've got our new baptismal, and then we're also trying to honor the spirit of uh, the COVID season that we're in and socially distancing. So bear with us, be patient, and let's have a great time celebrating baptism together. Uh, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to share with you from God's Word a little bit about what baptism is and why we do this. Will you pray with me? God and Father, we just give you this, this time, this space in our morning as we briefly look at Scripture, Lord, and we, and we contemplate why we celebrate baptism. God, would you be honored and glorified, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, as we've alluded to, baptism's tricky right now, right? If you remember in the spring, we did baptism out on the patio out here, uh, and we just had a great time. It was, it was June 12th. It was a beautiful night, and uh, it was just kind of a fun way to do baptism. And uh, I, I need to give you a little disclaimer before I show this next picture. At GBC, we don't practice infant baptism, quite frankly, because we don't believe that's what the New Testament teaches, what baptism is. No disrespect to other denominations, but as we look at the Word, uh, we're going to talk about what baptism actually is. But I thought this picture was uh, sort of a indicative of how challenging it is uh, to do baptism these days. And I want you to note this, the expression on the dad's face here. <laughs> so I thought, you know, maybe this is just something, maybe we should learn to, you know, be willing to be humble enough to learn from others. And so I just thought we could expedite this whole process if the five people being baptized just kind of came down here and we just worked them over. No? no. All right. <clears throat> Well, now that I have your attention, <laughs> you know, we celebrate baptism because it is something that identifies and marks us as belonging to Jesus, but also belonging to his people. It's one of the functions of baptism. In fact, we just finished this series, We Are GBC, right? We talked about uh, worship. We talked about service. talked about giving. We talked about uh, going and growing. Well, baptism is kind of the natural next step after you talk about what the community of Christ is to call people to step into that, into that pattern and to be part of God's people. So we're going to look this morning along this idea that baptism is something that joins us to uh, uh, Christ's family or identifies that we are part of Christ's family with three firsts, if you will. Three firsts. The first thing we're going to look at is that in baptism, we recognize our first rights. Then we're going to look at in baptism, we remember our first love. And finally, we'll look at in baptism, perhaps for the first time, some of you realize uh, that we are first fruits. And so first, we're going to look at this idea of first rights. Now, what do I mean by that? Really, Jesus instituted two rites or rituals for Christians uh, to be obedient to. The one being communion or the Lord's Supper, the breaking of the bread, and the other being baptism. It is a first rite. It was the pattern set down in the New Testament for the church. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, that people were uh, to repent, be baptized, and be immersed and join the community of Christ. And so this eclectic group of people comes together. And I want to reinforce that this morning by just sharing with you sort of a rapid-fire uh, method here, several scriptures from the book of Acts. The book of Acts is where it is recorded sort of how the church began. And so listen to this as I just kind of read these off quickly. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Those who accepted the message were baptized. Acts chapter 8, verse 12. But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus, they were baptized both men and women. 
Acts 16, then immediately he and all his household were baptized. Acts 18, and many Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. And this is my favorite as Jesus speaking directly to Saul of Tarsus in Acts 22. And now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, wash your sins away by calling on his name. And so this was the pattern of the New Testament. It was the pattern of belief, baptism, and immersion into Christ's community, into the local church. Now, we've kind of gotten away from that in modern terms because we want to be very careful about uh, making it clear that baptism does not save us. Baptism in and of itself is an outward picture of something that has already happened inside. And so I want people to know that I've been saved, that I've been set free, that I've been forgiven. That's what you're going to see uh, this morning. And so I've been contemplating this idea of baptism as, a, as an obedience thing, and it's by extension in my own life saying, how does baptism, as I witness it even this morning, how does it stir me to greater obedience? Now, the most literal application of that would be, have you been baptized this morning? Have you been baptized? I would encourage you, if you haven't, that the next time we do this, you jump in line and you follow the Lord in baptism. But maybe there's another area of your Christian walk where baptism will inspire you, stir you to deeper obedience. Because, you know, baptism, we don't do it in our, uh, by ourselves. It's not an isolation thing. It's, as I said to the kids this morning, this is a family event. It's a corporate event. Uh, Paul Tripp said this. He said, corporate worship is designed to remind you of your identity in Christ so that you won't waste your time looking for your identity elsewhere. Amen? We find our identity in Christ, and he uses this word, remind, and that's going to bring us to our second point. In baptism, we remember our first love. And Paul describes what happened when Jesus went to the cross and what he did for us and what baptism signifies regarding God's love. In Colossians 2, he says this, when you were buried with him, that is Jesus in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith, the working of God, who raised him from the dead, and when you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Let me read that again. When you were dead in your trespasses, he made you alive with him and forgave all our trespasses. Now, Paul uses the Old Testament idea of circumcision to basically illustrate the idea that we are apart from God. We were like heathens. We're rebellious by nature. And he uses the word trespasses. He says the, great, the greatest love that has ever existed was Christ going to the cross to offer us forgiveness, free and full. And so in baptism, when we watch and observe baptism, we're reminded of our first love in Christ. You see, baptisms in a certain way are like weddings. When I go to a wedding, I'm reminded of my own wedding and the commitments that I made uh, that day. I'm reminded of my first love for my bride, Christy, who's sitting over here. In fact, I found this, uh, this picture recently, and uh, I don't know who those two young people are. And I certainly don't think they have any idea what they're talking about as they make those commitments, not in the fullest sense, right? You learn so much. And someone snapped this picture of us while we were praying uh, at, at our wedding. But when I go to a wedding, I'm reminded of my first love, and I find myself grabbing my wife's hand and kind of looking over at her and giving her that smile of, of gratitude. Now, this morning, perhaps you're uh, unmarried this morning, and you long for a scene like that which I just described. Take heart this morning. More than even stirring us to our first love in an earthly sense, 
A Christian wedding is a picture, it's illustrative of Christ's love for his church, of Christ's self-sacrificing love and going to the cross to purchase us with his blood, to make us his own bride. That is the greatest picture of what a wedding is. And so in the, in the life of the church, baptisms are kind of like a wedding ceremony for those of you that are believers in Jesus this morning. They bring to mind the great emotion of our own coming to faith, of our own journey, of our own baptism perhaps, and of the change that we've experienced in our lives since Jesus came into our lives. To those who are, are watching or here as sort of witnesses to someone being baptized who maybe don't know Jesus yet, we celebrate the way that we do because we remember what it's like. And there's an experiential linkage there. We remember how much God has changed us through Christ. Paul, Apostle John in Ephes- or Roman, Revelation, I'll get it eventually, Revelation chapter 2, he says to one of the churches, he says, I have this against you, and he's really speaking on behalf of the Lord. You've forgotten your first love. So in baptism, like sitting at a wedding, we remember our first love. So I remember what God was doing in my life through Awana and through all the scriptures I'd memorized in 1985 when I was 11 years old. I remember going into the tank in what is now our youth room with my good friend Bobby Kerwin, who still goes here today as we were both baptized at 11 years old. It brings back to mind what Jesus has done in my own history. So the question I've been asking myself is, how does baptism stir in me greater or renewed worship? How does baptism stir in me greater or renewed worship? Well, that brings us to our last point. In baptism, we realize that we are first fruits. We are first fruits. Paul says in Thessalonians, we ought to always thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. Now, this is a, a loaded verse. We could spend a lot of time here, but, the, but Paul calls us first fruits. What does he mean by that? We could spend a lot of time looking at the, the theme of first fruits that it starts in the Old Testament, comes all the way through. But essentially, uh, uh, Paul says in Colossians that Christ was raised to life, the firstborn from among the dead. And we are, we are products through Christ's resurrection. We are first fruits of his victory over death. We're first fruits. Some of you this morning, maybe you don't, aren't aware of that or you've never heard that before. And so we want to encourage you to realize in your own life that in Christ we are first fruits. Now, Paul describes this in detail in Romans chapter 6. What does it mean when we are baptized? What does it mean that Jesus died and rose from the dead? And I want to read a, a few verses from Romans 6, but I want to uh, sort of set it up by saying this. First of all, every time I preach on baptism, I end up in Romans 6. It is the quintessential passage where Paul just codifies as concisely, even with his run-on sentences, uh, what baptism is and what's happening. But I want you to notice there are two parallel things happening at the, t- at the same time as Paul writes this. Number one, he's describing Jesus' literal physical death and physical raising from the dead, which happened historically, we believe. That we want to make that really clear this morning. But in parallel with that, he's describing our spiritual death with Christ when we come to faith in him and our new life in Christ uh, with his resurrection as well, the first fruit. So uh, listen to these verses from Paul. This is verse 4 of chapter 6 of Romans. Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death 
in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. For we know that our old self, with all of its sin and all of its rebellion, was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be redeemed or rendered powerless, so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin. Since a person who has been died is freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will not die again. Death no longer rules over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you too, consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And so we are first fruits of what Christ accomplished. It's because he died and rose again that we also die spiritually and rise again spiritually and one day we'll do so physically as well. So when you see these folks this morning go into the waters of baptism, what they're saying is, I have died with Christ. My old way of life, all of my own identity, all of my sin, it went into the grave with him. And through Christ, I raise up. The reason they celebrate and yell and clap and we clap is because they're celebrating. They have newness of life. But again, it's not something that takes place this morning. It's already taken place. And this is a demonstration that you might, it bears witness to us that this has happened in my life and in my heart. And as we've already said, it compels us to greater obedience, to greater worship, but it also brings to mind the idea of greater or perhaps authentic surrender. I wonder this morning, have you ever surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? I remember very vividly when I finally fully surrendered to Christ. I, I received Christ as my Savior at a very young age, but just like a little seedling that pops out of the ground in spring, bad illustration for right now as everything's dying, but as it, that little seedling grows and it matures and it eventually bears fruit, and there was a clear time in my life between sophomore and junior years of high school when I was on a mission strip and I was by myself on a run in the woods and it was pouring rain, and in early high school I'd been kind of doing the double life thing, and the Spirit of God spoke to my heart and said, Will you live for me or, or for yourself? And I surrendered and fully gave my life to Jesus. I want to encourage you this morning. How do you come to baptism today? How do you come? You know, baptism speaks to the Christian, compelling us to further obedience and renewed worship of God. But it also speaks to those of us who are not Christians yet. The most compelling sermon for the gospel of Jesus Christ this morning will likely not come from this platform, but from the testimonies, uh, the sermons of the changed lives of those who enter the waters of baptism this morning. It's what they are speaking to you. So for to those of you who are wrestling with who Jesus is, to those of you who are uh, rebels and you know it, in full rebellion, to those of you that are just looking for any hope, hear me, God loves you. God loves you enough to send his son, Jesus, to die for you. And what he wants for you in Christ is for you to know what it is to be forgiven and free 
to be walking in joyful obedience with God, to be worshiping with a heart filled to overflowing with gratitude, to be peacefully surrendered to him. And that's despite any turmoil that's going on around you in all the world or that which is going on in here. He loves you. This is why Jesus entered our world. It's why he lived the life we are incapable of living, perfect and free from rebellion and sin. It's also why he died the death that we deserve to die, paying our sin debt, conquering death, rising from the grave, so that he can then offer you today new life, new identity, a new community, and new hope if you will but trust in him. So after this service or at the conclusion of our service this morning, we're going to sing a song that speaks of running to God for a new start. And I would encourage you to run to the front of this room during the song, after the song, uh, after we close in prayer, whatever it might be, and resolve this today. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ. I'll be hanging out around down here. There'll be some others that you can, can pray with. And we would encourage you to take that step this morning. Baptism speaks to those who already know Jesus and it speaks to those who have yet to do so. We pray with me this morning. Lord God, we pray for what you are about to do through these baptisms. God, we rejoice in these people, both in this service and the next, who have given their lives to Christ and want to publicly declare what has happened inside of them. Lord, we pray that these baptisms, as we celebrate this moment, would speak beyond this moment into into our lives and hearts. That as a community, Lord, that you would use all of this to stir greater obedience and worship among us and also to invite new surrender to who you are and all that you can accomplish in our lives. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we are going to transition to uh, baptism now, to actually going through the baptism. In just a moment, I'm going to hand things over to our associate pastor, Zach Stevens, who is out in the commons, and he'll be sort of taking us through the baptisms. But I want to let you know that you can actually read the testimonies of these people uh, on your phone or your device by texting testimony to the number that's on the screen. So if you text that number, you can actually read uh, their testimonies. And uh, at this time, we're going to go on location to the commons here at G. BBC, and I'm going to hand it over to Zach. Uh, over to you, Zach. All right. What's up, GBC? We're excited. I am in the commons right now, and just tell you what you can expect. We are going to announce the name of a person, and them and their group are going to come in, and as they exit, we want you guys to give them a nice round of applause and just get some excitement going, and as they make their way into the tank, I'm going to read just a snippet of their testimony, and like Gary said, you can text the word testimony to 860-753-3353 and uh, be able to read more in depth, and there's some really amazing stories in there, and so first off, we are going to invite Sarah Dunsmore and her group to come on down, if you can give her a clap. And so uh, for Sarah, the changes that came with the COVID season, while a curse for many turned to be a blessing, throughout this season, she's been able to spend so much time reflecting and praying, talking with God multiple times a day. God began to work in her heart on gratitude and contentment. 
She felt loved by God and seeing a new life. And today she wants the world to know that the church is not a task that her parents have put her up to, but that it is her decision. Hi, Sarah. Hi. So good to see you in here this morning. Sarah, you're being baptized this morning. Is there something you'd like to share with the congregation? Yeah. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and it is not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works that no man can boast. Today I'm getting baptized because I am his and he is mine. Thank you, Sarah. Sarah, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Yes. Then it is by that confession of faith that I now baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right. Very cool. Next up, we're going to invite Beza and Moret. If you can come on down with your group, give them a clap. So for Beza, uh, grew up in a, in a Christian household and has uh, known about Jesus as long as she can remember. She has grown up uh, and wanting to, to become closer to him and spend more time with him apart from the faith of her parents. And, uh, in recent years, and now as she declares her faith, her desire is to grow stronger in her relationship with Jesus and to spread God's word. Morning, Beza. Good morning. You're being baptized this morning. <laughs> yep. That is wonderful. Is there something you'd like to share with the congregation? Yes, yes. John 4, 8. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Today I am being baptized because I am his and he is mine. Thank you, Beza. Beza, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Yes. Then it is by that profession of faith that I now baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Moret, um, next, she grew up in a Christian home, and while she knew Jesus her entire life, it wasn't truly hers until her first year of college, uh, and when she made Jesus Christ her Lord and Savior. She decided to choose Jesus, to read his word more deeply, to see his faithfulness throughout her life. She knows that she was made to worship him uh, even before she was, she was born, and she wants to declare that she belongs to him. Right, you and Beth are sisters, right? Yeah. And she's here in the tank with you. That's great. Today you're being baptized. Is there something you'd like to share with the congregation? Yes. Psalm 27, 4. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Today I'm getting baptized because I am his and he is mine. Brett, have you accepted Jesus as your personal Savior? Yes. Then it is by that profession of faith that I now baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right. I can hear the clapping. I, you may not be able to over there, but it's happening. And so, people, we are so glad to hear the excitement. 
Um, now we are going to invite Peter and Eva to come on down. Uh, I'm going to read both of their... Go ahead and give them a clap. Peter grew up Catholic and attended a Jesuit college. It wasn't until 2012, um, uh, for the influence and encouragement of some friends, that he began to actively seek and develop a personal relationship with Jesus. And that be, he began to see his life shift and his priorities um, get readdressed away from some of the worldly distractions. He's seen the power of God transform people in amazing ways, and today baptism is an acknowledgement of the inward change that has been happening over several years, and it marks his public commitment to Christ. I'm also read briefly for Eva. As a younger child, a part of a family that never had religion, and it wasn't really until coming into uh, uh, Peter and Rachel's house that she began going to church. And once coronavirus took over and things started to change, she began to grow in her faith, have more of a relationship with God. She started having a longer conversation after Awana or Wednesday nights uh, and beginning to pray more. And so one day she came to the realization of Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior there on the cross, pay the penalty for her sins and really the ultimate sacrifice. And now I'm going to climb in the tank because I'm baptizing these two. first. This one right here? All right. Let's see. We got... Go ahead. All right. I believe you have something to share? Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. Today I'm getting baptized because I am his and he is mine. All right. You're going to turn face that way? There you go. By this profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yee yo, get down here, boy. All right, move this thing out of the way. Go ahead, do your thing. All right, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Today I'm getting baptized, because I am his, and he is mine. You've got to read his testimony, because he talks about why this verse is significant, right? Um, it's beautiful. Brother, this is, this is amazing. By that profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And now it's time to worship. Time to worship. All right. Over to you, Johnny. <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, why don't we stand together?
carrying a burden for too long on my own I wasn't created to bear it alone I hear your invitation to let it all go yeah, I see it now I'm laying it down And I know that I need you I run to the Father I fall into grace I'm done with the hiding The reason to wear My heart needs a surgeon My soul needs a friend So I run to the Father again and Your son for redemption The prize from my heart And I don't have a context For that kind of love I don't understand I can't comprehend And all I know is I to the Father, I fall into grace, I'm torn with the hiding, the reason the way, my heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend, so I run to the Father again and again. I know I need you now I want to 
Praise God for this day, GBC. Praise God for this day. What a beautiful day. Uh, my name is Jason. I'm on the pastoral staff and just want to say some final words to you guys. Like Gary said, if you want to come down for prayer, we're going to be down here near the stage. Come on down. We also have, uh, for, if you're new here and you want to stop at the Welcome Center and introduce yourself to us, we'd love for you to do that. And also our clothing corral is set up for uh, donations for clothes for Haiti and for the Navajo Nation in Arizona. And if you uh, get a chance and you see somebody who got baptized today, please congratulate them. And with that, have a wonderful Sunday, folks. We'll see you next week. Thank you. <laughs>